From Jerusalem, this is Baruch Gartner with the Living Aligned Podcast. Teachings from the Hasidic Masters, providing the tools you need to live with greater vitality, connection, and joy. One of my favorite pieces of Svasemis is actually a deep Kabbalistic answer to a question asked by the Torah. A halachic question. The whole concept of Sukkot is connected with the Jewish people leaving Egypt. We're commemorating miracles. Hashem has the power in the higher worlds and the lower worlds to do what He wants. The Jewish people went out of Mitzrayim, they saw miracles. Now we're going to simulate this. We're going to all go out into our little booths in order to remember the miracles that happened. When? In Nisan. Wait a second. Nisan? It's not Nisan. Now it's the autumn. It's not the spring. Why are we making a sukkah now? This is the famous question of the Torah. If the Jewish people would make the sukkahs in the spring, it wouldn't be recognizable that what we're doing has anything to do with aligning with Hashem. We see here an interesting thing. Do mitzvahs in general require intention? The answer is no. If a person puts on his tefillin without intention, he has fulfilled the mitzvah. Obviously, it's better to have intention. Here, nevertheless, there's a problem. Because just sitting down in a chair in a place where there's a little mat over you, it's not recognizable what you're doing. And therefore, we have to be conscious that what we're doing is in the name of aligning with Hashem and remembering what was. This intention mirrors the deepest level of sukkah, which is bina, which is a very, very, very high perception of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. So that's why this is the first thing that's mentioned in the laws of sukkahs. And therefore, we go out to the sukkah in Tishrei. Now this is the answer according to the revealed Torah. This Svasemis is going to say something much deeper, much more Kabbalistic. According to the Svasemis, this mitzvah of the Jewish people following Hashem into the desert, we're emulating the first communication to the first Jew when Hashem said to Abraham Avinu, Lech Lecha. The secret meaning of Lech Lecha is go to yourself. What did Avram have to do? He had to leave behind something from the past. What was it? Avram had to leave behind what we call his ancestral nature, his family's character traits. This begins the process, the first Jew of transcending nature. And in a certain way, Avram is the first Balchuva, the master of return. He is returning to the source. His parents and grandparents were off the derech. (laughs) And Avraham is returning. He's breaking nature. And he's leaving behind his past. He's leaving behind illusions about who he was. I want to take you to a higher place. Okay, great. Give me a destination. No, you don't understand. This is not the way we work here. It's the land that I will show you. This land is beyond time and space. This is, the, this is where we're going. This is the, where the Svasa is going to take us. 
we are going to a place called beyond nature. We are going to a place that's beyond time and space. When the Jewish people left, they were emulating Avram Vinu. Zohar brings the Pasuk, Hashem. I remember the loving kindness of your youth when you went out to the wilderness, when you went out to the desert. But what's interesting here is that the clouds were created by an act of faith. When a person steps into the arms of Hashem, he's under the wings of Hashem, Hashem says, you believe in me, I'm going to protect you. The Jewish people weren't stepping into a supernatural limousine. They were making a leap of faith into a desert. They trusted Hashem. And because of their trust in Hashem, Hashem created for them clouds of glory. And they say an interesting thing here. What does it mean, clouds of glory? Glory of who? Possibly could say the glory of the Jewish people. One of the greatest miracles of life is when a person breaks his nature. And now this Vasemis tells us there's another Baal Tshuva, Aaron. Who was the Kohen Golo? We're talking here about the high priest. Aaron is a little bit different than Abraham. Aaron's Tshuva is on his past deeds alone, not his family. Aaron himself made the golden calf. He transcends the limitations of his own deeds. He's the aspect of Baal Tshuva. He's the aspect of Yom Kippur. Moshe is the aspect of Rosh Hashanah. He's the Tzaddik. And even though Moshe, for seven days, tried to be the Kohen Godel, the tabernacle didn't work. And the reason the tabernacle didn't work is because in order for a Kohen to be able to atone for the transgressions, he would have to have a connection with him. This is the deep secret of why Aaron had to be the Kohen Godel. He is the master of returning. So now the Kohen Godel, he goes into the holiest place on the holiest day, which is an aspect above time and above space, on Yom Kippur. And how does he go? With the Anan of Ketorist, a cloud of incense. This cloud of incense says the Zohar, and the Spasemis is just quoting the Zohar, this cloud is what Aaron is mamshich, is drawing down Ananea covered for B'nai Yisrael during Sukkot. Ayin Zohar, Parshas Emar, where the Pasuk there he brings is this idea of the Anan connected to the mitzvah of Sukkot. What is this connection between the Day of Atonement and the festival of Sukkot. Listen to what the Svasemis says in the year 636. In the place that a Baal stands, Ein Tzadikim Yecholim Lamot, Tzadikim can't stand. Why? Because the Svasemis says that a Baal doesn't have a place. Why doesn't a Baal have a place? Why doesn't this master of returning have a place? Because his place was an illusion. And now he's privy to the absolute truth, but he's got a big problem. <laughs> he has no place. People say, I am a lawyer. I am a belzer. People love to identify themselves with groups and professions and jobs, even important jobs. But that's an illusion because it's not forever. 
and it's not the purpose of life. So says the Svasemis, since after the days of tshuva, after the days of awe, and we climax with the tenth day, the day of atonement, where Aaron brings down this cloud, this cloud creates the abode called the sukkah. This sukkah is the place that Hashem creates for those that really do tshuva. Every single yid is a master of returning. They're in the shade of Hashem, exactly like it started. That's the Jewish people. When they went out into the, into the desert, they went with faith, and they created these clouds. Why is it that Sukkot comes after Rosh Hashanah? Because every single Jew after Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is called a Baal why do we say that a Baal is bigger than a tzaddik? Is it true? The answer, I think, lies in this idea of the two parts of the year. A tzaddik, that's a gift. That's Pesach. A Baal is a person that tasted the dirt. He was in the desert. He was among the snakes and scorpions. And he has a past. And that past is very limiting. Hashem understood the nature of human existence. He knows that there will be people that would mess up. And therefore, he created something called tshuva. Tshuva even preceded the creation of the world. And therefore, he created Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And therefore, the culmination of the whole entire Jewish calendar is specifically this aspect of sukkahs, which is the place that is beyond time and space. Thank you so much for listening. Always stay connected and subscribe now to the Living Align Podcast.